I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast. We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's get started. Yeah, what do you oh, want to talk God. about today? <laughs> My hot topic today is about negative thinking and limiting beliefs. I know that I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and of course reading Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and listening to Vanessa Lau on limiting beliefs. And she she had an episode that I thought was really, really helpful for some ground, ground rules on how to prevent limiting beliefs. Um, and one of them that I pulled out of was when you get feedback, don't think of it as criticism and don't think of it as a failure. Just think of it as a feedback because just because someone says something that they don't like about you, they don't like about your service, they don't like about something, it's actually not a failure. You can't think about, you can't take that and say like, oh my God, like I, fa- I failed at life. I failed at that activity. I didn't please that person because at the end of the day, you please someone else. It wasn't for that person. It, maybe that person was never meant to be pleased um, by that service or act. And in, in any case, you can, your life didn't end. You can still change it moving forward. And I think that was really groundbreaking for me to realize that from a personal story point of view because every every day I feel like I go into work and I think that if someone gives me feedback or if someone gives, especially when it comes to product reviews and um, component, like just visual design reviews, uh, because it's so connected to what I presented personally, I see it as a failure because I, I see I didn't meet my goal, I didn't meet my action. And of course, you know, what, what is that goal? Was my goal to please that one individual person or was my goal to just complete the task? And I think separating those two actions out um, and really depersonalizing that so that it served the need, it served the act, and it, it, I did what I did, and I did it the best I could with the resources I had, and at the end of the day, like, I need to move on. And I felt that that was just a really reassuring way of thinking and bringing back and forth to what Joseph Spencer was saying, like, these are bad habits. I've always thought, like, I'm a failure. <laughs> every every time I get those negative and of course I try to be positive. I, I want to hear feedback, right? Like you want to be, you want to be part of that feedback loop. But at the end of the day, it always sucks feeling that way. And why does it suck? Because I'm allowing myself to feel sucky and to break that habit to feel positive or feel enlightened by that experience is that's hard. Yeah, tell me how you're doing it, especially with your meditations and going through that process because I'm, I'm stuck right now. <laughs> this is really interesting because you know Sable is in the middle of Vanessa's course right now. So we've right. been talking a lot about um, our beliefs and thinking traps. And actually, I've been talking with my therapist right now about thinking traps as well. Um, but I thought what you said was really interesting. I agree. When we give feedback, we can take it really personally. Um, but if you really look at when it comes to work and business, nothing's really that personal. We're just talking about whatever piece of work you're presenting, right? So it's not personal. It's really talk, speaking to the work that you're doing. They're not attacking you as a person. But I, I agree with, I feel the same. I'm really, I want feedback, but I get very sensitive when it comes to feedback. I can get very defensive because I feel like you're attacking me. Or let me rephrase this. I don't think it's that person attacking you, but I think we take it that way because we are most critical of ourselves. 
And I look at people who are a lot more confident and people who really believe what they're doing, or who people really believe in what they're doing. And I think those people, most often, I think that they don't take feedback the same way. They don't take it as an attack on themselves. They're able to dissociate themselves from this feedback because they know I put in the work, this is what I could do. And now I'm getting feedback, so I know how to tweak my work to be even better. And that's their thinking process. But I think you and I, we are very critical of ourselves more than anybody else. And this is obviously something we have been working on. And especially to me, I've been really working on this. I'm working on this with my therapist. I'm working on this on myself in my daily meditations. So this is where the pattern I'm seeing. And this is where I'm trying to break that habit of myself too, is anytime that I encounter a feeling where I start to feel defensive. Um, so if you give me feedback and I feel defensive, I will take a step back and I'll think logically, okay, is Yvonne attacking me? Or is she telling me, hey, this could have been better? You know, and is, is, what she's saying, is it um, helpful, right? Is this, do I agree with you? And I think this is going to make it better. If it is, you're giving me great advice and you're giving great feedback. I'll take it and, and I'll apply it. If I don't agree with you or I don't think you're giving me the best feedback, I can just not take it, right? I don't have to take it. It's true. And then I can That's sort true. of talk to myself and say, do I need to feel anxious? Do I need to feel angry? Or should I just say, either be appreciative, you gave me a great piece of feedback, or just say, thank you for that feedback. I'm not going to take it. I won't tell you I'm not going to take it, but <laughs> I'm going to move on because I'm okay. I have a 100% confidence in what I presented. So I think this is, this is my thought process now going forward. It's not a habit yet. I have to stop and think, and I'm really making a conscious effort to do that. I was telling my therapist last night, I mean, last night, last week, that um, I'm literally, for some reason, I'm noticing that I'm noticing all of my emotions and feelings. I'm noticing for some reason, when I get ready for the evening and when I'm like, the kids are to bed, I'm finally ready in bed, turn on TV, I'm ready to relax. And sometimes I'll get this sinking feeling in my stomach and I don't know why. And I'm trying to analyze that feeling, just same, same way I'm trying to analyze the feeling I get when I have feedback. I haven't figured out what's making me feel that way yet, but that's just an example of how I'm trying to really focus in on certain emotions now and trying to figure out the root cause for that emotion and trying to then redirect my attention or say, meet that emotion head on and say, am I going to dive on this emotion? Like, is this going to kill me? If not, how do I make this better and try to think alternative ways around this issue? Hmm. Well, that's really helpful. And on, on the opposite side, I also find myself, once I'm also looking for negative feedback, I'm also seeing myself searching for positive feedback in other people as well, even though it's not, sometimes that doesn't exist, right? And I, and I think at the same time, why am I not giving myself that positive feedback? How come I'm not like, exactly. Great job. <laughs> I, I'm looking at other people for that. And I was really trying to dissect. And the first step is awareness. I'm aware I do this bad habit. Second step, where did this come from? Why do I do this? And, I think I have a theory. I think yes. we do. Well, I think everybody does this. I think we are all our worst critics. And I think, well, not everybody, a lot of people. <laughs> but I think specifically you and I, I think it's because we grew up in the Asian household where we are expected to be perfect as a lot of things. Not everything, but when it comes to academics and your work that you present and putting out that face that you're successful, at least for me personally, you know, perfection was expected and you're expected to be always at your best. So when I'm not performing at best, I criticize myself because back in the days, if you don't get an A, guess what? You get yelled at or you get beat, you know? So... I think that's where I believe I, why I'm so critical of myself mm. and Culturally. why we're trained to think that way. Mm. What about, I mean, I don't want to put a gender to it, but do you think it's also because we are women and women tend to think that we have to do it all and that we have, or is that just a habit? Like, or is that just a perfectionism? Like, is it really 
like where yeah like because I feel like we're not the only people like in my life that has this type of thing we're all working on this all my closest friends all my closest family members and yes we all happen to um, be perfectionists yeah um, do you think I, I mean I, I can't speak for a man but I think I've read somewhere that when it comes to confidence men tend to have more confidence than women so when it comes to job interviews men you know women they'll look at a um, a job listing and they want to make sure they can check off every single bullet point that they're looking for whereas men will look and say I can check off like two out of three or two out of five I'm good I'm gonna go interview for this position where most often women won't even interview for that position unless they can check out all five or like men are more confident to ask for for more money to ask for a raise right. whereas women will take a lot longer to do so so I think there's something there but again, I think we all know women who are super aggressive and men who are more timid and mild. So I think it really be- depends on the person. That makes sense. I, yeah, depending on the person. But like how we grew up, like, right? Like you're raising two beautiful girls right now. Are you, are you seeing these similar types of habits? Are you trying to prevent any of that? Oh type my of God, thing? yes. Yes, my <laughs> daughter, Sophie is a perfectionist. She is exactly oh. like me. So she will draw a picture, everything will be perfect, and one line will be out of place, and she'll throw the whole picture away, and she'll get super upset. And that's how I was. Everything has to be perfect. Um, so we see that. We're trying to correct her. We're trying to tell her it's about the experience. Um, you know, if, did you enjoy drawing that picture? If so, what's one line that's out of place, right? Can, or, you know, or if it really bothers you, can you fix it? Can you use your imagination and turn that line that's out of place into something else? So try to redirect mm-hmm. her attention and try to teach her it's not all about perfection. Um, I think she is getting a lot better. She used to have meltdowns. Like drawing, she loves to do. It's always a joyful thing to do. But most often, it would turn down to like a freaking storm because she would mess up somewhere and then she would be super upset. But nowadays she's a lot better. So I think we are we are mm. actually teaching her about um, just self confidence. Um, just it's all about the process. It's all about the experience. It's not oftentimes not about the end result. Um, if you would like to do something, do it. And if you keep doing it, you'll be better. Mm. Um, but speaking of actually rejection, um, I want to read something. I actually just shared this on Instagram today. It's a quote from Jay Shetty. Um, and he said, a rejection stops you from settling for less than you deserve. A failure is the universe way of saying, stop focusing on less. Don't be sad. It didn't work out. Be grateful. It didn't work out. So I think at the end of the day, it's all perspective, right? You can look at as if it's a feedback, you can, like I guess you can take it or, or leave it. If you failed or something, like you went to an interview and you get a job, was it really the worst thing that could happen to you? you know, or most likely this job was not the right job for you. You probably would be miserable there. Right. And it would just, yeah, the universe is saying that this is not the right, right job for you. And same thing for, you know, a lot of women nowadays um, have miscarriages and it's really, really sad, but, you know, I like to just look at it as the universe way of saying, this is not the right baby. This is not the healthiest baby. And the right babies don't come along at the right time. Mm. Um, I know that's a really sad example, but that's just how I want like to think these days. Um, that you know, I was such a control freak about everything, and I would blame myself for, for anything that goes wrong, right? But at the end of the day, how much control do we really have over these things? And if it doesn't happen, if you don't get a job, you don't get what you want, and it's outside of your control, then just let it go and move on. It wasn't meant for you. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm a full believer in that, that if you can't focus on the things that we're not meant to be, we just have to say like, whether or not we understand it at that moment, if it was meant to be ours, if it was not meant to be ours, it's, it's sometimes beyond our understanding and we could drive us crazy trying to figure out and explain why. And sometimes hindsight is 2020. You're going to look back one day, look back at that uh, experience and say, oh, I get it. Like, I get it. I, I didn't need that. It wasn't mm-hmm. for me. It was for someone else. And, and sometimes it always comes back right around. It's like, you know, whether you're supposed to move somewhere or meet different people, 
um I yeah like I feel like we were always meant to meet like if, if we had this job or another job like you were, we were always meant to be, meet the people that we would have or have mm-hmm. the experiences that we need to yes uh, yeah for sure and, and I've heard it also like uh, about miscarriages like also in the different way as well is also being grateful for that experience grateful mm-hmm. for the hurt um not because it hurts you but because it was the lesson and that um that soul decided it served it decided to be with you mm-hmm. in that moment and it yeah. served its purpose as yeah. well um and in focusing on on that that every every hurt every pain every sorrow has a moment and a piece that's part of your life and that your yes. can't com- be complete w- without that as well yes um, i agree and- with that 100 i truly now believe that there are things you can, obviously you it's 100% under your control but for everything that happens to you or to me that's outside of my control I was supposed to experience that right like I feel like it's weird to say but I'm almost grateful now for the abuse that I went through growing up um, because that was outside of my control you know and yes it did hold me back a lot but once I learned my lesson now that I have fully learned my lesson I fully accepted what's happened and fully moved on I can look it back as a really important lesson in resilience, in finding the joy and the positive in life. And that's going to serve me for the rest of my life. So I am at this point really grateful for all the terrible things that held me back for 20 years, you know, but, but now I'm able to use that as motivation and as proof that you can't hold me down. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I really, I really agree with what you said. Yeah. And also being thankful that you can break that cycle, you know, like it could have gone any other way. Mm-hmm. Like you could have taken that experience and be like, okay, yes, this is how negative and sucky life is going to be. So and that me- could have just done the same thing to my children. Correct. You know, exactly like my mom said, she said, I didn't want to raise you the way I felt I was growing up. And she raised me exactly the way she felt she was growing up. So, oh. you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you did, but I didn't realize that she had, you, you mentioned that she had raised you in a specific way, but I didn't realize that she had in her mind, like, had intended to do the exact opposite. Well, yeah, because she said that when she was pregnant, she told herself she was not going to raise a daughter who felt alone, who oh. felt, um, who didn't feel any love and who felt um, scared and just like alone in this world, you know, and that's exactly how I felt growing up. Um, And, you know, this is why I told her is so, I'm so grateful that I had the courage to speak with her about all of this and have a true heart to heart because now we can really break that cycle so that I don't inadvertently pass this on to my children. I don't inadvertently raise children to feel the way I felt growing up because I didn't know any better. You know, so now that we're able to put our experiences together and make sure my children don't experience that and their children won't experience that. And that's breaking the generational trauma that we all have. Mm-hmm. So, and, and where do you think that really comes from? Do you think it comes from what we uh, as a family and what we as individuals believe is love or how we learn to love? Because I can speak for myself by saying that I learned to love things and other people before I learned to love myself. And I'm still working on understanding how to learn to love myself, but who taught me how to love things? Who taught me to love other people? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to blame, I don't want to say Asian parents <laughs> raise children with, with a lot of trauma, but I, I think every generation um, gets a little better when it comes to raising children. We learn a little bit more. So like my parent generation didn't know as much as we do now is especially when it comes to mental health so they they did their best right yes. so like right now i can't blame my mom i can't blame anybody because that's what they knew that's they had to do what they had to do uh, and they did their best um but sorry what was the question <laughs> oh where did we learn to love uh, where did like, we learn to because love? that's yes. the issue right like because i mean obviously your mom does love you right mm-hmm. but to but does the love and the treatment and the action like how does that all align <laughs> i think i learned love is conditional mm-hmm. from an early age because you're told a lot you know you do this you're a good girl mommy will love you or daddy will love you 
right? So the implication is if you don't follow rules, we won't love you. Interesting. Well, now with that said, I, I love my husband, I love my friends, unconditionally. Well, not, would that be if they hurt me really bad, I won't love them, right? But if they don't hurt me and they're good people, I do love them unconditionally. I don't expect my friends to do these things and they don't do those things, I won't love them, right? Um, but I apply that to myself. If I don't do these things, if I don't achieve these goals, I won't love myself. How can I love myself? I'm a failure. Right, right, right. But I don't right. expect on my friends. I don't say, hey, Yvonne, if you don't get that promotion, you're a failure. <laughs> I don't love you anymore. That's true. We don't say, I, I, you're right. We don't say that to you. know, we say the opposite. We say, hey, Yvonne, that, put, that promotion wasn't right for you. Or yeah. that manager was, was a terrible manager. But, yeah. You know, like, we don't say, Yvonne, that's all your fault. But we <laughs> say that to ourselves. No, that's true. And and even like when I'm thinking about like your plants, right? Like when you're growing things, you don't blame your plant for not growing. Yeah. You think, well, there must be something else like the environment. Mm -hmm. What else is this poor plant not getting? It's not the plant's fault. Um, and there must be something else. It's just doing what it can with the resources that it has. And it also bringing that into perspective, right? Like, um, as like through um, Joe Dispenza's like books and his and his stories that really just led me to think about this particular topic today um and, and of course like you know I was talking about it with my manager um and he was he was telling me look like no one's saying these negative things in fact everyone's saying good thing everyone has good things to say the only time people like you know you're hearing negative things it's all in your head and I know it yes sounds Yvonne <laughs> I used to work with you every person I have ever met at <laughs> has said Yvonne is the most wonderful person she's so smart she's so cute she knows so much and she is just the happiest most positive person so I don't know where you're getting this <laughs> this negative feedback from except in your head <laughs> well I mean I would say the exact same thing about you again like you think you're the same like everyone has only positive things to say like all your friends your family your your children your family love you so much and it's just incredible like I mean of course it speaks to like our personal relationship as well um but yeah like it's it's hard you know it really is sometimes hard and I think all of it really stems from that I'm not telling myself the things I should be telling myself every day. And now that I'm just, I'm aware now of how many negative things I am telling myself every day. I'm like, no wonder I never grew. <laughs> mm -hmm. No. And I can guarantee you 90% of population on this planet say nasty things to themselves. Very few people are those super confident people with the right mindset. Who's always like, I am fantastic. You know, <laughs> well, like with the exception of like, people who don't deserve to be that confident but are that right. confident <laughs> like being a narcissist like there's a difference yes. and, you know and I think that that was also something I was talking about this with the therapist as well because she she dug in deeper and be like what's the negative like why are you thinking the negative way and like what are you scared of and mm -hmm. what's your fear and then we pulled out that I thought I felt guilty for feeling positive or happy um, or confident about myself because then it then automatically put me in a comparison with other people thinking that oh then I think other people are not as good but that's again a limited belief and not the correct way of feeling because it's not about the comparison I'm just praising myself just because mm -hmm. I praise myself doesn't mean I'm putting anyone else down exactly that's not the same I know but that took me a long time to get there <laughs> <laughs> I get it I get it like you know if we talked about this topic six months ago I would probably be like same way I don't know I hate myself <laughs> <laughs> But I get it. Like this stuff is, I definitely see, um, you know, nowadays I'm a lot more confident when I wake up, you know, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. I look at it as, okay, I failed a recipe, right? I learned, right? This, so for example, I was making a handful of noodles yesterday and they did not turn out. Okay. So now I know it was, the, the dough was too wet and you add more flour and you just learn from there instead of looking at the failure. Uh, whereas a year ago, I would have been like throwing the dough out the window going, I'm never making this again, you know, but now, <laughs> now I understand the process and I'm really enjoying the failure process because I'm not critical of myself. I can mm. remove myself from situations saying, I'm just learning. I don't know how to do this. I'm only learning. And why should I expect myself to be perfect on my first, second or even third try? Or why should I expect anything to be perfect at all?
Right. You know, right. as long as good enough. And that's actually what I tell my children. Be good enough. You're good enough. <laughs> You're good. You don't need to be perfect. The only thing they need to be perfect on is if you decide you want to be an artist, practice. You know, if that's what you truly want to do, then you got to put in a work and you got to do the best you can. Everything mm-hmm. else, good enough. You know, I'm not that mom who's going to send my kids to math tutor so they can do AP math, like when they're in first grade, you know, I'm literally like, there's a calculator, there's computer. I can guarantee you a lot of jobs involved math in the future will be done by computers. Figure out what you like to do. Focus on that. Everything else, my attitude right now is just be good enough. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when you, uh, when you said that and I was like, yeah, you know, because it was always good, better, best, never stop until you're above the rest until you're good is better and you're better best. Like, I don't know why, but I, I've memorized that little saying, I don't know I can, how many, I can see, right? <laughs> like, but I know like who told me that, right? Like there's, you know, why is this in my head? Where does it come from? If I just Google this, like where, where is this coming from? Who told me this? Right. Um, I think that, so having those sayings, like you've got to push those out of your head and really replace them with the other, the positive. And I think that that's what I'm also trying to do right now. Like now that we're recognizing we're in the awareness, um, then building the better habits. So then what am I replacing them with and being able to use the positive thoughts and confidently assure myself every single day, especially when no one else is doing that for me, because some days it's going to be quiet. And those are instead of turning them into the worst days where like no one praised me um turning them into positive <laughs> right like turning them into positive days and i feel like i'm getting like super personal I'm like yes i expect that <laughs> I, think we do, I think ultimately we have to stop looking outside for validation right and be confident enough in yourself so you don't need that outside validation and i think biggest thing about what i learned from joe dispensa and just everything i've been learning just about um, improving your mental set and, and becoming more confident. It's not looking outwards and it's more looking inwards, mm-hmm. right? Really looking at all your fears, really looking at what's driving those fears and looking at if these fears are logical, if um, all of these things that you assume, yourself, you assume about yourself, is this logical or is this made up in your head? And then, and then move through those exercises. One of the things that helped me the most was the last time, a couple of weeks ago, when I did that uh, mushroom journey, yes. I meditated 90% of the time when I was on that journey. And what I did in the meditation was I, during that time, I was having a lot of fears about um, what I'm going to do with my job because you know me, how I work. I usually am... I have, I like, well, I believe I have a really good work ethic. I work really hard. I'm smart. Absolutely. I get my shit done. Yes. Um, and I always deliver. Mm-hmm. In my current job, I'm having a really hard time because number one, this is the hardest job I've ever had. And number two, with COVID, it's really, really hard because I have kids at home, right? And I have all of these things going on that I'm not going to talk about on the podcast right now, but it was just really, really overwhelming and I'm not performing at work. And this is the first time in my life where I know, and I am pretty honest with myself about, you know, whether I'm doing well or not doing well. This is the first time I'm like, okay, I know I'm not doing well. I know if I was my manager, I'd be like, you're on probation because you're not delivering. And I was really upset with myself. I was really frustrated. I was really fearful of getting let go and losing, you know, I make, I contribute, I contribute to half our household income and I, I'm responsible for everyone's insurance. Like, what do I do from there? So I spent 80%, 90% of this meditation, um, and this cycle, um, this mushroom journey, meditating. And I just let all those fears come at me, like one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of like trying to, you know, think about something else, I just let it face on and I say, okay, what happens if I get fired? Right. And I will look at it in my face and say, Am I going to die? No. Is my family going to die? No. Can I, will I be able to figure another way to come up with this income? Yes. In the short term, probably not. In the long term, definitely. Now, what about insurance? Can I purchase insurance? Yes. Will this mean we'll have to dip into our savings? Yes. Will this hurt us in the, uh, hurt us in the short term? 
Yes, in the long term, I don't think so. So everything became really logical, and I was able to really see, okay, these are not these are not fears that I should that should be crippling me to the point where I can't sleep, where I can't breathe, where I'm so scared. These are just things I can get around me. And through from then, I've been feeling great because I realized between Sable and I, we're smart enough to figure out any situation. Absolutely. You know, so why am I holding myself back? Why am I trying to control situations that I can't control? Mm. Why am I trying to put myself, my body through this fear, this anxiety every single day? When number one, it hasn't happened yet. And number two, if it does happen, I now have a backup plan, right? And now I know what to do. So I should not let that continue to give me so much anxiety. So I think a lot of these things now I look at it as, you know, instead of letting that emotion hit you and going out of control, take a step back and say, okay, let's look at this specific issue logically and, and see what else we can do. Wow. Oh my, if we just end the podcast right here, that would be just amazing. And like, <laughs> yes, now here are your takeaways. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, like that was incredible. And so like so personal, I know, like, especially for you to like go through such a difficult journey uh, and really break that down and look yourself from soul outside in to just pull everything apart. And it takes a lot of bravery and it takes a lot of um to look yourself and see where where you're coming from. Like who are you? Like who who do you want to be? I think that takes that that definitely takes a lot. And um I I want to get there. So like yeah, that's an amazing takeaway. Like to break down exactly as you said, where you have to like take break out all your fears, look at them logically and say limiting belief true or false. If it's mm-hmm. true, how true is it? Exactly. <laughs> and and at what point does it become false? Because our brains try to rationalize. They, it always tries to tell the story to, prever- to preserve yourself so that you feel less pain. And sometimes telling a false story gives you less pain. Um, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes, you know, we just want a story and that story does continue to hurt us where it's just, it's almost easier to look into the fact and be like, oh, like, well, why did I not get that promotion? Oh, it's because I suck. Well, that's, that's an easy story, right? That takes no inner work, no inner working. Um, Yeah, like, because ultimately it hurts you in the long term, right? Whereas if you actually spend some time and think through it, yes, it takes more energy at the moment. And you might not want to do this exercise because you're just pissed and bitter. You didn't get a job. But if you do that exercise, you might realize, number one, this might not have been the right job or realize where you could have done better. So you're more prepared next time for, for interview. Right, right. And being able to put that into an action that's very much um, less, it's not a victim mentality. And yes. I think that that's like part of the, the piece. Um, I forget if Joe Dispenza, I'm only partway through this book, but does he talk about victim mentality? Mm-hmm, he does. Okay. He talks about victim mentality. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll get there. And, uh, and that'll probably be another episode on this podcast is really breaking that out. Because yeah, like people, when you're talking the story, you want to be the hero. Everyone's the hero of their own story. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you gotta, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you might be the villain. <laughs> yeah, I have definitely, I mean, when I start going inwards, I can see, a, well, not a lot, but quite a few instances where I was the villain. Right. And I think it's interesting because I very much blocked those instances out, mm. you know, where like I had to look at not just, you know, what upset me, but the full picture of exactly how did I contribute to this situation and realize, oh yeah, I did this. You know, ultimately I was responsible for this situation, but mm. I didn't want to look at that part. I only want to look at what pissed me off and who I could blame. Mm. And, and yeah, like, so high tides 2020, like, obviously, like, exactly. at the time, mm-hmm. like, you're, you know, like, we're, we're not ready. We're not ready for that. And I think that part of this journey, right, is for us to develop that strength. So we're constantly looking at it and checking ourselves, like, in that mirror and not being afraid of who we are. I think that's that else, that pit, not being afraid of who I am, not being afraid to love that person I am for exact, for all the mistakes and everything that, um, I thought I couldn't be, I like, I don't think I am because that person is still, this person is still loved. And so breaking around, yeah, breaking those pieces down and mm-hmm. being able to like take those pieces away. Um, I think it's just been like super, just super thought provoking for me today. <laughs> yeah. And actually 
what I found actually Sable and I have been discussing this, we find this really interesting because I have been taking, paying for a bunch of courses, um, you know, as you know, on like about social media, well, about of course creative writing, about like, yeah, about all kinds of things, right? And majority of these course holders, they're Gen Zers. They're like in their early 20s, like 25 and under, which I find hilarious. I'm like, what You're am taking I advice? I'm, I'm living my life wrong. I'm <laughs> yeah. almost, I'm two years away from 30. I mean, if I'm 40 and I'm paying $500 to get advice from a 25 year old. You know what? But, Enlightenment. Yeah, but, yeah, you like, know, but Sable and I were like, these Gen Zers have a lot less limiting beliefs than we have. Millennial, and he's pretty much a Gen Xer almost, you know? So like, <laughs> We very much, very much believe for us to be an expert, we have to get a degree. We have to go to school for, for that degree, right? For that specific topic. We have to have a worth a certain amount of, amount of years with experience. We have to have testimonial from Testimo- The validation. Have, yeah, exactly. From people who are recognizable. But Jen, but these, these 25 years are like, everyone's expert. Because you know what? You are always expert in someone else's eyes. You know, at 25, I might not know as much as like a 40 year old. I can't teach you how to be a CEO, but I can teach a college graduate how to get a great job. And that makes me an expert. So I can be a coach to teach you that. And I'm like, my blown. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> or even when, uh, like, yeah, like a lot of these coaches, they're saying, oh, well, I did this and I did it successfully. Like mm-hmm. even just picking out those little things that you did successfully, like writing a paper, how to write a paper, how to create a podcast episode, that is success. And to teach someone that, I'm like, yeah, shit. Like I do YouTube. How do I make, I yeah, YouTube those exact I same things. I pay for these things. <laughs> I pay to how to have creative writing. I pay for how to have a YouTube channel, how to have Instagram. Like I pay for all these courses I can learn. Right, exactly. And then you think, and then you think like, well, when I did do it, like I did also did it successfully, but I don't look at my past experiences as mm-hmm. that expert piece. And I think mm-hmm. that also changing that mentality um, is, yeah, where where everyone can do their own thing. Like everyone has that special thing to give. And after listening to so many courses, I think I finally believe it. Like, I think I finally believe it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the reason I, ne- I, it took me so long to start like a food blog is because I wasn't, I didn't go to school to be a chef. So even though people tell me I like your cooking, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable putting mm. it out there to teach others because who am I to teach you? I didn't get a degree. Mm. But now I realize, well, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to teach a top chef how to cook at French Laundry. I'm trying to teach a mom how to cook a really fast recipe on a weeknight so she can get on with her life. Right. And you probably have even more uh, insight because Experience you, act, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I lived Because you made life. all the mistakes yeah. and- you did the whole process like from start to finish and you're like, don't do this, don't do that. Versus like, and certainly like, I think that um, in our experience we've seen, like when you go to classes with an expert, it's just from zero to a hundred. They're just, they're there. They're up mm-hmm. at the top and like climbed up Mount Everest. And you're like, but wait, what was the exact path? Like, yeah. Or like, or, or like, you know, they say like, oh yeah, but I did that years ago. And so now that path is like, that path is different. You know, mm-hmm. it's 2020. Like yep. what, like these paths forge every single day. We have to forge the new one. So like talking to someone who's been there and had to forge their own path. And that was happened very recently. Mm-hmm. I think it's also incredibly helpful. So yeah like those lessons and and yeah and I would highly encourage like those experts to also um be comfortable like even everything that I think that I know be willing to be a student again and just like admit that let's just try to see a new way because if we've been doing something an old way we don't know it's old we've just been doing it for the same time we need to look at it with fresh eyes because um and and at that point like it's just for you to just get better and to like know and to admit so that when you do get like the different feedback and the different criticisms that it's, it's not because you don't know it's because you just haven't tried like mm-hmm. it's just opening your eyes up to that different space um being comfortable with that um and and at the end of the day like I think that internally the self-criticism me says like well I know I should have learned more but now I t- I'm coming back to me thinking like oh well like that's why that person's criticizing me because I should have known it. I didn't do it like in all these I should have, could have, would have, didn't. And that's 
again, the limiting belief and bad habit. So that's like the second takeaway for me. It's just like those realizations um, and being able to say like, no, thank you. Like, that's okay. Like, that's, that's fine. Like, let's keep moving on <laughs> and not stick into that mistake that I love to hold on to. I, I, I think I, I must have at some point, my brain must have sent endorphins of by hearing, like being a masochist, right? Like someone or a sadist, is it sadist or masochist? Which one is the masochist is the one where you like pain? No, that's sadist. 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 It's a sadist. So yeah, I must've been a sadist um, because in, and I hope I'm using that word appropriately, but uh, because yeah, like I, I must've liked some pain, like being telling myself that like, tormenting myself with these negative feelings because why would I keep doing it? <laughs> well, I don't think this is you like the pain, but I think what Dr. Joe Benza said is whenever there's a intense emotion, whether oh. if it's pain or joy, if it's intense emotion that goes with experience, then that's what's ingrained in your, that makes a habit that's ingrained into your personality. Oh, interesting. So even so, if it's negative? Yeah, it's so like that's why he says like when I'm meditating, feedback. when I'm doing his meditation practice, it's very much about not just focusing on um, what it is that you want, but feeling it, having that feeling. So living as if, so let's say my goal is to have a farm one day, right? I'll have like an, a homestead one day. Um, so it's imagining, not just envision, but actually feeling myself actually living there, doing the things, how I will feel. Um, and that creates that, that emotion that's going to get you found in the quantum realm you know that's how he says it right so like it's very much about that that emotion and is that the manifestation that people are talking about like the true manifestation the right that's the one that dr joe, joe Dispenza practices yeah so he mm. has you you it's like a the meditation hour and 15 minutes so i do this every morning for an hour and 15 minutes but it's wow. um he has you the first part first it's called induction and you have to Basically, he has to go in a trance where your body is supposed to almost be asleep and only your, your brain is conscious, your, your, your head is conscious. And then he goes into the second phase, which is like very much going into what is this about you that like which personality, part of personality do you want to get rid of, right? Is it greed? Is it anger? Is it envy? You know, really focus on that emotion and, and challenge that emotion. And then the very third part is like, where do you want to be? What's the new personality that you want? Feel that, you know. So, for example, like Sable is switching to be a executive mindset coach. So he's very much like when he does meditation, he's very much focused on how it already feels to be that successful executive mindset coach. Mm, because then you get is habituated with mm -hmm. that type of feeling. Uh, and mm -hmm. so you want that more and more. Mm -hmm. And then that propels you and your whole body, your emotions, all your atoms mm -hmm. to move into that space. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense theoretically. And I know it's going to be a lot. And I, you know, it's hard work, right? Because it's not, it's not like one day doing like a hundred, like, you know, an hour and a half done. Like, it's, yeah, I'm still at the very beginning of this. I'm like, it's interesting because Sable naturally thinks this way. So like, Whatever I tell him, he's like, yeah, well, I already do this. <laughs> so, so for him, this meditation, he loves this meditation. It's very easy for him. For me, it's a little harder, right? Because I'm still training myself. I used to never, he's been telling me to meditate for years. And I have never meditated because I was very fearful because I don't like to be alone with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because they always go so negative, so nasty. And I end up like want to kill myself <laughs> afterwards. So I avoid any time to be alone with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting meditation was really hard, but what I noticed, I've been only been practicing meditation for a few months. And what I noticed is number one, my patience is completely different. Hmm. My, I had zero patience before, and now my patience, I still can do better, but much more patient with my children. I have zero road rage left. Like wow. when people argue, my first thing, just like, you must have a bad day. I'm sorry. Like. <laughs> my first thing is not like oh my god i freaking want to fucking kill you you know and that's what i used to go from zero to 100 and now i'm like oh are you okay <laughs> you know when i see like these racist tags on asians like on online mm. now i'm more now like i'm like okay this is really this person's freaking nasty but i don't like go crazy i don't go thinking crazy you know where sable's mm. like oh my god like if i saw this i'm gonna go crazy and i'm like <laughs> no if i saw this yes i'm gonna try to say something but i'm not gonna go crazy 
Mm. You know, so I'm able to really have more patience and really calm myself down and have a lot more control over my emotions. Mm. And also, it's easier now for me to recognize those thinking traps and recognize those times where I have to take a step back. Mm-hmm. And all of this, I contribute to meditation. So meditation to me has been the most incredible thing. And I'm so thankful that I started it. And I want to kick myself for not starting earlier. But I, it's one of those things, just like mental health, it's one of those things you have to be ready for. Mm-hmm. Because sitting there for an hour and 15 minutes is hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I started, and- when I started, it was only like five minutes and 10 minutes and 15 minutes. Sure, like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which is, yeah, like exactly what you said. Like it's, it's just building that habit, getting comfortable with that, getting comfortable with doing the, the nothing, especially mm-hmm. like if for so many, 30 years, and just, right? Yeah, and just recognizing your thoughts. And I will say anybody who is having issues with thinking traps, having issues with um, feeling stuck or feeling frustrated and angry, I would really, really suggest for them to try to meditate. Again, I know it's hard. I know 100% I avoided for so long. I know 100% is really hard. I gone through that challenge. But the rewards are just amazing. And if you really think about, yes, it's hard to sit there, but at the end of the day, you're just sitting there, mm-hmm. right? You're not putting yourself in physical harm. You don't have to pay any money for it. If you whatever have time, whether you have five minutes, an hour, I would just say do whatever you can. Mm-hmm. And start seeing and be consistent and start seeing if you're able to see a little bit difference in yourself. And I will also recommend like start with a guided meditation first because it's really hard to start with nothing. So start with a guided meditation um, to learn what you're supposed to do, to learn how you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to focus and how mm-hmm. you're supposed to stay conscious and then go from there. Wow. That's a good, that's a good feedback. I, it was either the guided meditation um, or, or saying a mantra. And yes, those are the two, mm-hmm. yeah, like those are the two like really helpful feedbacks that um, I'm going to start applying and start meditating um, on. And it was, and you know, the, and the piece that I always thought when I was just, when I was a lot younger was that, oh, meditation is a waste of time. But at, at the same time, like what is, what is time? What is a waste of time? Like I could sit here being on my phone, you know, looking at social media is that also not a waste exactly. it's just my mindset exactly, right exactly i used to tell myself that too because i didn't know what meditation is even when i started i would ask Abel, what the hell am i supposed to be doing when i'm sitting here like i don't understand this you know it takes because it just feels like you're waste it doesn't feel like you're wasting time in the beginning right because mm-hmm. you don't know how you're supposed to feel you don't know what the rewards are going to be like that's true right right, right, right but exactly. what you're supposed to do you're supposed to go inwards you're supposed to look at those thoughts you're supposed to when thoughts come to you you're supposed to not not stay focused but acknowledge it recognize it and let it go and see where it goes mm. and, and 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 be you know introspective and and really dig into what's making you feel a certain way so you're not wasting your time you know you're really putting that time into for yourself and I say, like, you know, whatever your time you can spend on yourself, it's never a waste of time. Right. Yeah. And then next time on, like, another episode, we can talk about how you actually increase your productivity, yes. right? When you love yourself mm-hmm. and when you give yourself that time or that, yeah, when you're and investing when you feel joy yourself. every day. Yeah. You know, you well, just yeah, have we- more energy <laughs> and you ha- you're, you're more creative. I wake up every day now. I actually don't sleep that well anymore, nor the stable. Not because we're anxious, but because we have so many ideas going through our head where we'll wake up like one or two in the morning and just like, I was, remember I text, I texted you like thinking like 3 a.m. because I've been like up since 1 a.m. Just like things are just going through my head. Absolutely. I wake up in the morning and I'm exhausted because I haven't slept well, but I'm so energetic. I'm so mm-hmm. excited to start a day because I have all of these recipes going through my head. I'm on test. I have all of these things that are on the write about and I have this exciting book I haven't finished. So right. I'm just excited for the day, you know? So I say, you know, I mean, when I look at myself, I can see a difference. Sable can see a difference in me. And I, you know, 100%. all I can just say to, to anyone listening is if you are having a hard time, try it. What, what do you have to lose? You know, just do five minutes of meditation a day or 10 minutes of meditation a day if you can. It's only 10 minutes out of your day. That's nothing. You know, cut that time from being on social media. Cut that time from watching TV. You know, do that. And the next thing is try to read a book. <laughs> Someone recently told me their husband doesn't read. You know, and my thought is, 
okay, I know everybody's busy, but how do you improve if you don't read? How do you become better if you don't read? How do you learn if you don't read? Just because we have a job now, we're going to school, we're not going to school anymore, doesn't mean we need to stop learning. We should always be learning. Otherwise, you get stuck. You get stuck where you are. You never get better. So I will say, you know, take that time. Stop binging watching Netflix. There's a time for that. You know, Sable and I would like to watch TV before, before bedtime, but we watch probably an hour of TV. This entire time during quarantine, I know a lot of people said they've been binging on like all these Netflix shows. We have finished two shows since January. <laughs> um, so because we are, you know, we are talking constantly going through going through brainstorms, talking to each other about ideas. We are doing meditation. We are learning. We are reading. We are looking at courses. You don't need to do all of these things, but pick one or two things that's going to expand your mind. That's going to really be beneficial to yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's all from me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ian. Thank you. I'm definitely going to apply those for sure. For sure. Wow, you guys, Yvonne and I really enjoyed recording this episode. For today's episode on limiting beliefs and thinking traps, we have three takeaways for you. First, be aware. Start identifying your limiting beliefs and thinking traps. Be sure to write them down. Number two, sit with yourselves and be able to break things down logically. We suggest following a guided meditation or mantra, then slowly break down your fears logically. What are the truths and lies you're telling yourself that is stopping you from living your purpose? Number three, take action every single day. Action inspires motivation. So do a specific action toward your goal every single day. The more action you take, the easier it will get, and eventually it will become second nature. Before I sign off today, I just wanted to let you guys know Yvonne and I recently took a brief break from recording to assess to reassess where we wanted our podcast to go and decided we wanted to focus more episodes on our personal journeys. We will, of course, continue to have guests and tell inspiring stories from within our community, but we really wanted to share with our audience our personal growth journeys as well and all the lessons we have learned. So stay tuned because we're about to get real personal. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, we hope you stay positive and stay creative. Thank you.